Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right, you're going to want to slow down for this one. You know, if you hear that song, you are listening to the mystery of parenthood. And um, we'll start as we always do with our prayer. Good morning, good morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Beautiful prayer of our St. John Paul II for the family. Yeah, so, you know, we're, we're switching because we've got two of our favorite guests. <laughs> they haven't been on the show, very, uh, but just one other time. But we're excited about the Swaffords being here. Yeah. Andy and Sarah. So and great to be with yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're. Um, I was talking to them. and Stephanie couldn't join us because her work has been kind of blown up a little bit. So she, uh, mm-hmm. but we were talking through a bunch of a bunch of topics. And when the topic of communication in the family, iPhones, social media. I know that was one that Stephanie um, has always had kind of a <laughs> strong opinion about, and, and I thought y'all had some really good ideas. More like a love-hate relationship. <laughs> 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 strong opinion. Don't, okay. we all, yeah. don't we all? But, um, but anyway, why don't you tell us a little bit about y'all so for the people that don't know and then um and then we'll get jumping into that but i think all you people are going to want to listen to this because especially those with children and um i mean everybody's got phones right so <laughs> always a problem but yeah why don't y'all go ahead and introduce yourselves other than your name yeah that's right stephanie it's so great to be with you yeah so i'm andrew swafford uh, i have a doctorate in theology i teach theology at benedictine college in atchison kansas and uh yeah i mean i had a uh, conversion a long time ago and just gave my life to the Lord and wanted to kind of continue giving back in this way. Yeah, awesome. we, um, we've been married 17 years and we both, we live across the street from Benedictine College. So if anybody has ever heard of Benedictine in Kansas, go Ravens. But um, we, yeah, we can see campus from our house and we also have five kids, uh, 16, 15, 11, 7, and 3. So shout out to all the, you said the mystery of parenthood. I was like, oh my god, It is a mystery, isn't um, it? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> let's talk about that. We only, we only need four hours to unpack all of that. Right. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, we're very excited to be with you. We both love doing ministry, especially for young adults. And, um, I think a lot of people out there are raising young adults or trying to get them to a point that they are going to be good, um, faith-filled young adults. And it's not easy. So it's really great to be with you. Oh, thank you so much. And, and, and part of the issue is that we all have to deal with even more now, it, particularly since I'm so old that I never knew how to deal with it. So I've learned it. I mean, the first text I ever sent was sent by my eight-year-old because I was like, what is this in my phone? There's a note here. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Someone's so, trying to talk to me through this box. Wanted, how do I do that? <laughs> Someone's trying so to communicate with me through the box. My eight-year-old takes and say, Dad, come on. Come on. This is how, yeah, this is what it does. I remember That's the day great. that I taught my dad how to copy and paste oh. on the computer. He was like, this is incredible. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dinosaur dad. I mean, like, here you well, go. Well, after the show, you'll have to show me. <laughs> but, I'm going to blow your mind. <laughs> copy and paste. Anybody. I love it. That's so fun. So I don't know what Steph if if you had any thoughts on communication. Oh, sorry. Don't. Sorry. Yeah, she steals we're, the microwave. We're, we're, we're sharing a mic. So when Trey fades out, I've stolen the mic. <laughs> 
Um, oh my goodness. Yes, I have lots of lots of thoughts. And thank goodness our kids didn't even deal with I think what the kids are dealing with now, even today. We were kind of on the front end or yeah, the front end with our last kids of like I mean, like when we had social media, it was Facebook, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I know now is for old people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have really only dealt with like Facebook and Instagram. I mean, you know, TikTok mm-hmm. and and Twitter. And I mean, all of those things were in the making, but they kind of, you know, our kids weren't really using all that. So um, I'm sure you guys have a lot of experience with um, mm-hmm. with all of this and with, you know, um, and, and, you know, I, I think. I'd just like to kind of preface this discussion with, because I don't ever want to come out off as judgmental or trying to tell people, you know, what to do about stuff. I think you have to prayerfully, um, between yourselves and your family, prayerfully consider what is healthy for, you know, each of your, each of your, each of your kids. You, mm-hmm. you can't even do, we all know mm-hmm. when you have just more than just one or two, you know, mm-hmm. that, that what works for one doesn't work for the other. So um, I think it's just a prayerful consideration of, um, of what is healthy for, um, you know, for your kids to, cause it just opens, I mean, they're carrying, you know, a computer in their hands. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so. Yeah. We get this question a lot. You know, I do, I do a lot with young adults and Andy teaches obviously college students and I do a lot with high school, you know, junior high. And that's like one of the number one things we get asked is like, um, when do your, when are your kids going to get a phone? Like it's like the number one or like, what do you do with social media? And, um, I I'm with you. It's, it's very much, um, it's a very hard question. I, I like to tell this story. Uh, years ago, I, I started doing ministry probably, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And when I first started doing ministry, it was around 2007, 2008, 2009. And it was when Facebook was kind of starting to hit the scene. And I remember my college girls were like, Sarah, it's called Facebook. And they were showing it to me. And I was like, what? Like, you know, in my mind, I was like, this will never last, you know? Um, and then I told Swaf, I, I, I was getting more into it and I go, this is going to change the way people date forever. I was like, this is going to change. I'm like, profit. Mm-hmm. I didn't make any money on that, but you know what I mean? Like I just kind of said, I was like, this is really going to change the way they communicate, the way people flirt, the way people, I mean, I was kind of just thinking it through in my head. And again, we escaped it just barely. Um, we got out of college. I got my first cell phone when I was like a junior in college. Mm-hmm. So I'm Andy and I love to say that we're the Oregon trail generation. I'm very proud. <laughs> Very proud 80s babies. Um, but but similar to a lot of, you know, a lot of people who are listening, you know, it was like, whoa, like this all hit the scene. And I was very grateful I got out before I got out of my teen years before it hit because I, oh, dude, I can question my worth really fast. Um, and I don't need a phone for that. And so um, but one of the stories I like to tell is that there was a time when I first started doing ministry where these parents would come up to me and be like, you know, tears in their eyes and say, like, I feel like I'm losing my son or I'm losing my daughter because they're always on their phone and they're like texting under the table or like they literally come home from school, drop their backpack and just go to their room and I don't see them. And, and they were basically asking me like, how, like, what do I do? What do I do? How do I help them? You know? And I remember just thinking, man, this, okay, like, let's figure this out, you know, and, and having a lot of conversations. And then all of a sudden about five years ago, probably six years ago, I realized, and I remember sharing this with Andy, I was like, I never have parents come up to me anymore and say like, I like, you know, what do I do with my kid and their phone? Like they don't come to me anymore, but guess who does come to me all the time? The teenagers come to me and say, my mom and dad are like always on their phone. They don't have time for me. Like they don't, like they don't pay attention to me. Like they're always on their phone. They're always like, you know, playing games or just, you know, not available. And it just, I noticed, I remember sharing it with people was like, there was this shift. And I think it went from the, the teens were all on their phones. And so the parents were like, okay, well, this is how we communicate now. And then they jumped on, you know, texting and Snapchat and like, all you know, all the things. And now we have, you know, families where they're maybe like watching a show together or watching a movie together, but they're all on their own phones, sometimes even texting each other or, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's a constant, um, I think it's really hard for parents to be like, how does this fit? Cause a lot of, you know, a lot of kids get their phones, you know, it was like when you went to high school or it was when you started driving and now it's like, <laughs> Well, they turn 10 and I need to know where they are, you know, and like they're getting phones at eight and nine. Some schools are giving them, giving them tablets at like seven, eight and nine. And so I just, my heart goes out to everyone. And I preface this whole conversation with, um, it's really, really hard and it's really delicate. And I think that, um, we joke, you know, everyone says like, oh, I don't, I'm terrified of kids in these phones. And, um, I always joke with people. I'm like, are we really afraid they're going to pick the phone up and call someone? I don't think we're afraid of the actual (laughs) calling. We're afraid of the data. I mean, it's the data. It's the computer in your pocket. And, um, and it's the un again, so often I talk about this a lot. It's more, there's no accountability. You know, a lot of parents 
you know, some parents just don't, you just don't know who they're talking to. You don't know what they're watching. You don't know what they're seeing. And that's, I think the fear that comes with it is not necessarily, I'm so scared. My kids are going to call a friend up, you know, like, no, it's that, it's that data. Um, and again, it's, it, phones are inescapable. They're, Mm -hmm. they're going to be here forever. They are not going away. Mm -hmm. So we have to figure out how to, how to navigate a world with them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's not, as you all are saying, there's not a one size fits all and mm-hmm. there's different, there's so many different facets to this issue. I mean, we've talked to parents and people, you know, with, with it, the tablet or whatever given so early, this becomes such a standard way to communicate. And so, you know, you don't know when your team's practices or you don't know, I mean, we, you talk to high school, yep. we've had, you know, parents of high schoolers and it's like, my, my kid is completely out of the loop unless they engage in some of these. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, um, you know, back in the day, I'm very thankful that locker room talk stayed in the locker room, that everything wasn't like taped and recorded. And, 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 you know, the, the notion of it, like bullying is so prevalent and, and the way that what social media can do is like the kid can never leave that because it mm-hmm. follows him at home. It's with him, him or her 24 hours it's a day yeah. and there's just no, there's Escape. no respite. There's no relief from mm-hmm. it. So it's just kind of overwhelming, all consuming on the one hand, it's almost like you, you do need it in many cases to communicate, to kind of be connected into things you're involved with. But on the other hand, it's like, there's gotta be a way to get away from this because the anxiety is up. And we've seen this in, in spades for, for years now. And there's so many studies that'll show that social media use, uh, it at least contributes in one way or another to lower self-image of, of boys and girls, men and women. And, um, Increase in anxiety and things like that. Mm-hmm. The things that have always been there, but are just kind of enhanced. Mm-hmm. Magnified, you yeah. know. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, I know, uh, again, we were so blessed that we were on kind of the 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 forefront of that. Um, it wasn't as immersed, I think, as, as you know, yeah. kids are now. People still used email and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there there were still other modes of communication <laughs> that people that people utilized to, to, to relay information. But, um, but I think that, I mean, I know one of just my little, um, my little plugs is, um, you know, if your child has a social media account that if, you know, I used to tell my kids, if you're not friends with me, then you're not. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I'm your first friend. I'm your first friend. <laughs> That's right. And they're like, mom, mom, you know. mom can see everything. <laughs> That's, That's right. right yeah. And so once we kind of got past that little angst of, well, you know, um, uh, you, you know, that little discussion of we need to help you navigate this and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to have discussions about this. It was actually pretty awesome because I, could, I used to call it mommy cam. Because yeah. they don't, there's no filter. Yeah, right. <laughs> they post everything. Right. You know, so it was very easy to say, um, you know, um, uh, what's going on here? You know, I mean, let's let's talk about what, what are y'all doing? What is this person doing? I mean, you know, and so it was. It became a a springboard for discussions. Mm. Um, you know, at dinner time or mm. on the way to you know in carpool or you know that that kind of thing. So I think there are some positive benefits. Yeah. But again, so hard. I know. So hard. Well, it's exhausting. Swaf and I, you know, we, like I said, we hang out with college students a lot. And one of my favorite things to ask college students is like, what did your parents do well? And what do you wish they would have done differently? Mm. And then I build my parents. you don't I, my children. <laughs> I did not. I did not interview your kids yet. I will though. Yeah, exactly. You're like, give me the notes. Right. Um, and it's not, it's not to be, you know, judgmental in any way no. upon their childhood. No. It's more, I love building my parents. T- I, I have a parent talk and I just love, I love hearing what they say because why not go to the source and be like what and um I consistently hear Swaff and I both consistently hear um two things one no matter the 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 college students will say no matter what I did it was never enough like Mm. I just my parents never thought that I you know I mean that again that Mm. then and their parents probably told them they loved them and they were proud of them every day but there's just that kind of that cloud that sits over I think a lot of our young people of, of just like am I truly loved am I enough and even if your parents are saying all the right things and doing all the right things um, there's this bombardment of just like again I'm just exhausting myself and it's just still never enough um, so that kind of side of just that anxiety of the pressure I think that's real and social media doesn't always help that Mm-mm. and then the other one was um, and again that this I, I know this is a mystery of parenthood and this could be six hours long but a lot of them <laughs> admit that like they I think they always assumed that I was like that I was 
fine and I wasn't struggling with things of purity and that mm-hmm. they didn't want to talk about it. Therefore, we didn't talk about it. And I had and I had an addiction to pornography or I was struggling with, you know, with masturbation or sleeping around and like they didn't want to know. Therefore, they didn't ask mm-hmm. and they didn't want to play cop and they didn't want to look in my phone. And so they just ignored it. And I mean, we have a lot of amazing, amazing Catholic students that have said things of that spate of like my parents just never I mean Andy and I are known at Benedictine as the couple that will give you the wedding night talk if you like if you're engaged and they don't know what to do it's like this joke they're like go talk to the Swaffords right Um, because like a lot of parents just don't like to touch that with a 10-foot pole so if they're not talking about you know and again, it sounds e- like easy for you, Swafford, your chastity speakers. Like, but it's still, I mean, we, I mean, again, we're navigating that with our kids right now too. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jason Everett has this amazing line where he says, you know, the birds and the bees talk, the chastity talk is not one talk. It's a thousand talks over their whole lifetime. And I think that that one of the things I take from the college students is just this idea of like, is it going to be an awkward conversation? Yep. Is it going to be a hard conversation? Yep. But do you need to have it? And is it okay to ask them like, Hey, how, like, how does your phone fit into your life? Like how, you know, what is your, one of the things I talk about in my talks is, um, for teens is, you know, I always say, I use it. I say to ask what W A T. So if you, you know, on your phone and then all of a sudden I always say it halts you. It's like what, and if it makes you feel worthless, anxious, or tempted, to step back and ask why. Because I think a lot of times, young adults especially, they just, they're on the phone, they're on the phone, they're on the phone. And typically you go to your phone when you're like feeling down, you're bored. You're, you go to your phone is like mm-hmm. almost like an upper and you walk away and it's like, that did not do what I thought it was going to do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And mm-hmm. so getting them to be aware of like, you know, what, like, what am I going here for? And what am I leaving here with? And sometimes I think they're surprised that it's not, you know, they don't always, they're not always gratified in the way that I think they want Mm -hmm. to be. So Mm -hmm. in turn, parents, you know, um, this is like, I think it's for all of us, you know, it's like most conversations with kids that are worth having are probably going to be tough. I mean, there's just, you're going to have those tough conversations. And a lot of young adults look at me and say, like, I wish they would have known. I wish Mm -hmm. my parents would have known that I was Mm -hmm. struggling with it. And it's it's almost like they, they secretly wish they could get caught. Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, they don't say that, but then looking back, they're like, I kind of wish I would have been caught because then the conversation would come to light. I wouldn't have to live in this darkness. and Or secrecy. I, you know, and, and like you said, it's awkward, but the first time you have the conversation, it gets easier each time. It's just yeah. this is the way virtue mm-hmm. works, right? So you, you kick the door open and then you open that line of communication. And I don't think anybody, and we're talking to ourselves, yeah. will ever regret broaching those things, bringing those things up and getting that, that door open, mm-hmm. whereas we may really regret not mm-hmm. doing so. Right. No, absolutely. And I mean, we had our own personal experience with that. Every, nothing was off limits yeah. in conversation in our mm-hmm. house. Nothing. So good. But we had a child that said, but you never asked me mm-hmm. if I was struggling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like wanted you to ask. Yeah. I wanted to ask. And I, and I think for exactly that reason, they wanted us to know and they wanted us to be involved and we thought we were covering it you yeah, know right, we right, thought right. We, we yeah we've talked about that you know you know yeah right 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 but yeah, yeah. and not only that i mean i he even remembers me coming in to kind of open the door to do it instead of like he remembers and well you would come in and you would say something to me that would make me know that the, this issue was what you were talking about but you never just came out and asked me hmm. So th- there was a long discussion. Fortunately, he came told he talked to us about it that's about great. a year ago. Today. Oh, that's great! <laughs> but uh, but but he, but it was one of those. It was one of those things where it just that made me aware of the fact that I th- I thought I was doing something to try to open the mm. door because we were really. Ta- I mean, Stephanie, this is just a sidebar. Steph took the two boys. To a, a well check, and the of course the doctors like, was well, have your parents have you know are you having sex outside? Of, I mean you know whatever, and they come back and and uh, ask them, have your parents talked to you about that? And, and Kennedy, my son, said, we talk about that over sushi. <laughs> so, 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 but anyway, yes, we've covered this. (laughs) Yes. But, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, there are things that are difficult that I think, you know, sometimes you don't go far enough. I I didn't, I mean, I thought I was kind Mm. of broaching Mm -hmm. the subject, but waiting for a response and he was, you know, so uh, that's a, I think the other thing that's good and important is, um, again, you know, Swaff and I are 
40s. Like we, I'm 39, so I was 40. And like, I remember like neither of our parents talked to us at all about it. And like, you know, our generation, it was very hush. And I think this next generation, it's like, I should say something. I want to say something. Or they have, you know, one talk and they feel like that's enough. And I just think I would really encourage people. Again, we're, you know, we, we like to think we're kind of on the trenches, in the trenches, just because we live so close to so many current college students. And it is pretty amazing how many times I've, I've heard them say, like, I think my parents just assumed that I knew, like I knew how it all worked or I knew, or they assumed I wasn't struggling with it. And they were like, oh good, my kids are good kids. I don't have to talk about this. You know what I mean? And, um, and again, really good parents. And, and you don't, again, it's very hard to bring it up, but I would also say to always keep checking back. So that's just one thing. I mean, if every, any parents that are sitting out there and they like, oh, we covered it freshman year of high school. He was just on like a, such a great track. Okay. Well, sophomore year might be a totally different year. And if you don't, and then, and then to keep, you know, keep up on them, you know, even in college or like Swaf has done some really cool things with our guys, with my, our two oldest sons, um, just like a, like a Saturday check-in, you know, just like, how are you doing? Like, and just when they know it's going to come up, you know, when they know you're going to be, again, it's that, it's that like awful, wonderful word called accountability, which just totally sucks and nobody likes it, you know? But it's like so good, you know, especially young, young adults. They're just like, why are you badgering me? I mean, the word becomes, I had a mom asking me one time, where's the line between nagging and I just need you to be a functioning human being. I'm like, dude, if you find that line, please, I want to know where it's at. Right. Um, because it's true. You don't want to be a nag. You don't want to be, you know, all those things. But I think having like a check-in is really, really great. And then also just having them know that you're going to continue to ask because I mean, this could, this opens a whole nother can of worms, but like really, truly chastity, purity, um, just getting that right. So many other things fall into line. Like when your life of virtue or your life of chastity, your life of purity, it's the, one of the toughest battles to fight. I think for a young adult, especially in our world, it's just so hard. But if you are struggling with that, you're gonna struggle with a lot of other things, if that makes sense. I think it's just, it's a, it's just one of those like root sins that just like, oh man, it just touches everything, your worth, your identity, um, you know, just how you see yourself, how you allow others to see you, your relationship with God, your relationship with your family. Like all of a sudden it's just this kind of an, um, a root that really digs, that really runs deep. So again, is this awkward? Yeah. Is it hard? Is it time consuming? Like, is it, you know, all the things as a parent, it's like, it's kind of exhausting, but I think it's probably one of the greatest battles you'll fight and it's very much worth your, your time. Yeah, no, amen. Amen. Um, you know, and and I think with, um, you know, with all the sexuality, we want, you know, it's not just a no, it's a yes. This is a beautiful gift from God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and back in the day, I mean, I think it's as clear as day, you know, we had to go looking for porn, right? Yeah. But now it's looking for them. It's, yeah. And that's the power of the phone. That's the power of the data. Uh, and so just to not be naive, that's what you all are saying is don't be naive, follow up. Uh, and, and when there's, that's a, an expectation, it sort of invites them to talk to you about it. It makes it easier because there's, there's a, there's a place, there's a, you know, we're going to talk about this again. We're going to check in. Um, it just gives them a chance to really open up in a way that I think they deep down want to. I mean, no one feels good about this. When, when you fall into this, when you fall into that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, you never feel good afterward. You want to bury it. You want to hide it. You're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And I think last, last word of encouragement to parents out there that are like, Oh, I know they're right, but I still don't want to do it. We've heard a lot of, um, young adults. We've worked with a lot of young adults where, their parents did go out of their way and check in with them and stuff. And their friends were jealous of that relationship with their, and I mean, I've, I've heard that so many times where, you know, you're sitting there and you're listening to someone talk about their relationship with their family or with their, like, you know, especially that dad, I think that, you know, shout out to all the dads out there. Um, I think just that relationship (laughs) with the dad where the dad, you know, follows up with his son or or the dad follows up with the daughter and is like, Hey, I want you to know how beautiful you are. I want you to know, this is how I want you to be loved. This is how I want you to be pure. And like, I know that, you know, female pornography is, it's a real thing right now. I mean, just please do not be naive. Like, um, one of, uh, one of the hardest things to minister to is a lot of times in the last probably five years, it's become really very apparent to, to both Swaf and I, but there's a lot of females struggling with pornography and um, masturbation, but they feel just, they feel so ashamed and they feel so embarrassed and they feel so like one girl told me one time, she's like, I don't, she's like, I feel like I don't even sin in a feminine way. And she said, just because like, you know, they, again, it's, it's some of it's our fault. I think in the, in the early two thousands or late nineties, like they would separate the men and the women and youth group and all the guys would get a porn talk and all the girls would get the, you're a princess for Jesus talk, you know, like relationship talk. (laughs) And I mean, I love that, but like, I think it just really set up everybody to kind of fail because, and and again, they were well-intentioned. Right. But I think that a lot of, that's why a lot of people, you know, are like, Sarah, thank you for being real with both the men and the women. Cause men have emotions and struggle with, you know, 
I have a lot of guys that are going through breakups and a lot of emotional heaviness. And then you have a lot of women that are struggling with pornography. And so if it's like just a guy thing or just a guy problem, it makes them even more ashamed and more quiet and more like, um, I could never share this with anyone. Um, you know, I have a lot of girls who, you know, were with a boyfriend and the boyfriend had a pornography addiction and got her hooked and then she dumped him or or he got, he dumped her. So she was left dumped with an important addiction. I mean, I've counseled that multiple times. And so just for parents to not be naive that, you know, not only are other kids going to be jealous of, you know, that relationship, but you can even reach out to your kids' friends because, you know, not if you're struggling with this, again, a lot of these people, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people that you hang out with, a lot of your friends, people listening to the show, like they want this for their kids. Think of all the friends that come through your house that their parents would never talk about this. So don't be afraid to, you know, bring it up. I mean, if you want bonus points, bring it up with the kid, like with the kids' friends, you know what I mean? And, um, but yeah, just don't be, don't be a shy and like Swaff said, I don't don't think you'll ever regret it. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be hard, but you'll never regret it. Deep down, kids want boundaries. Even the kids that are defiant, they, they want rules. They, 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 it makes them feel safe. They know that there's I can push, but there's a limit. And that means because my parents love me and they're involved. They, they really don't want just this free-for-all deep down. Yeah, I was, I was as y'all are all talking, and I'm glad y'all, y'all are doing great. <laughs> but uh, I was saying about the thing that kind of wears you down as a parent is it's it's 24 seven now like oh, when yeah. i when i when i grew up i mean the teeth when i grew up there was no i mean <laughs> there were dinosaurs too but but at the time you know there was no tv went off like at midnight i mean it went off there was yeah, nothing yeah. and you didn't have vcrs and dvds you certainly didn't have phones mm. and so you were you were disconnected mm. i mean you had music that was about all there was and now it's Mm. Uh, there, they, you can all the time, all the time, and then trying to be purposeful, which we talk about that you have to be purposeful. And I know that I've gotten tired sometimes and let and drop the ball because I'm just like, this is just yeah. wearing me out. Oh, I yeah. mean, oh, yeah. trying to stay engaged, thinking, you know, I, I need to be proactive too. Mm. Not like some of these conversations don't need to be a reaction to a problem that's been discovered. Mm. They need to be going forward, mm, and that's beautiful. Yeah, but I think it's like twenty. It's a. It's that mm-hmm. sense of mm-hmm. they're ne- they're never unplugged. Therefore, I'm never. Yeah, I'm never yeah, unplugged. Yeah, yeah. You're always on call. There's no like downtime. You know? I had a woman come up to me one time after one of my talks, and she was my kids were all like under five at the time, and she comes up to me. I'm giving a you know high school talk, I mean, like young adults, and she comes up to me and she pats me on the arm and she just goes, "Just enjoy these days where you always know where your kids are." And walked away and I was like, I like was like permanently scarred. Like I remember I came home, I came back to the hotel room and I, I remember I called Swaff and I was like, I'm like, I'm like, cause she's right. You know, like the, she's right. There's a point where they're exhausted. One, one mom also told me, she's like, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. And I was like, I need to go pray with that. Like, I, you know, just as a mom, you know, we have the spread right now and I get it there. I mean, little kids are physically exhausting. Big kids are emotionally exhausting and, and, and not mm-hmm. in a bad way, just in a, mm-hmm. like you have, like you said, you have to be on all the time. And then I have all brothers and my mom used to crack me up because she was like, yeah, you know, when high school boys want to talk, it's like, it's always like 1am around the island and there has to be food and the moon has to be full and the wind has to be out of the east. And when they start talking, don't interrupt because they won't start, to, they won't <laughs> stop talking or they'll stop and then you can't start. And I just was like, what are you talking about? And now I'm like, oh my gosh, mom was exactly right. Like, you know, just <laughs> like, you never know when that moment is where they're going to want to talk and Swaff is really um he always loves you know quality time is great but you know Swaff's like I don't know if I I think it's more it's like quantity of time because you almost have to like spend enough time shooting the breeze wasting time with them hanging out and then all of a sudden two hours later they're like talking about pornography and you're like wow did we get here but like you can't just gerrymander that conversation and and again it makes it even more awkward when you sit down and be like well son (laughs) We're going to talk about pornography. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, dad, thanks. Super awkward. Could yeah. you at least provide sushi? Right? Like, come on, right? So, um, But yeah, so I, I just think it's really, you're right. You're always on. And you never know when they need, I mean, they're going to need you and, and you have to be ready. And yep. I think that's one of the hardest things about parenting is just that it's emotionally and physically exhausting. Yep. Yep. But but it's all pointing towards like the good, the true, and the beautiful. And you just kind of have to be ready for that moment. Absolutely. That's we've, I mean, we, I think, have said those exact words that it's, that quantity time, I mean, you know, quality time cannot be manufactured. Mm-hmm. It can't be manufactured. Mm-hmm. It you because you, you never know when they're going to open that little crack in the door, totally. or you know, or the window, and 
you need to go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm going in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. put even, your boots on. And <laughs> even though it's 2 a.m. and I know my baby's oh, waking up in three hours, I, I really do want to sit here and just listen to this. And, yes. and, and you yes. again, they kids, um, kids and young adults can smell BS from a mile away. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just really mm-hmm. being authentic and, mm-hmm. and being really like ready. And, and they know they can bring anything to you and yeah. you're ready to talk about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah uh, everything we're, yeah, everything we're saying, very, very difficult. Very, very worth it. Mm-hmm. It's just nothing's easy, but it's very much yeah. worth it. What is our one of our first tenets on parenting? It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> I know, it's hard. There's some, yeah, yeah. There's some. There's there's some real. You know. Yeah. I know. I was talking with some young adult women, and um, their question was like, "How do you know it's the one like to marry and stuff?" And and um, I was giving. You know, we were chatting, and I was like, "But to be honest, I was like, find a man who's very patient and suffers well." Cause that's a really good man to marry. And they all started laughing and there was a couple of mo- like moms around me and she's like, yeah, I'm with her. Finds a, find a man that just like really is patient and, and sacrifices and suffers well. Because again, a lot of marriage is getting through a lot of marriage and parenting is like, yeah, doing it well, suffering well. And, and again, going through the good, the, the peaks and the valleys and, and taking it in stride. Yeah. No, I, I just, like I said, thinking about the things with, with, uh, this and like where they are that's another thing that i've got a major problem with which i just had to have a a, kind of a confession to my to my kids about kind of where i've come from but the worst thing about this phone is i have find my friends on here Mm, (laughs) and and so you're all you wake up in the middle of the night and like where where are they and again that's the same what i remember is my parents had a disconnect you know, in other words, they, I mean, they were, go- you were gone. So there were, you couldn't reach them on the phone. You couldn't, I mean, there was nothing. So out of sight, out of mind, there's no way, but you can pick up this phone. Well, what the heck are they doing in Schulenburg? Or wherever. And, and that's unhealthy for, mm. for me, I think. I mean, well, the anxiety. I, think, I, I think our funniest story was he, he woke up one morning pretty early on a Saturday morning and um, one of our sons, who's at U- University of Texas, um, was on Sixth Street, and he's like, "Oh my God!" Like the, fir- I mean, of course, as your mind as a parent, yeah, is like he passed out. He's somebody's got it. I mean, you know, we, he never made it home. I mean, you know, you're going all. And so a little later that day, when he talked to me, he said, "Hey, yeah, what, what do you do? Oh, Dad, I can't wait to tell you. Like, we went and did homeless ministry on Sixth Street this morning. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, that a boy, we dodge that, that one, that a boy, dodge or that boy. bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that, but that's the problem is, is you get, you get your imagination goes because you get information. It's not, no different yeah. than like a post, and you're like, oh, they must have the perfect family. I mean, yeah. Food's totally. always good, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's just not reality. And yeah, it's so funny. I mean, we're so connected, and that can that that can help with safety. That helps us stay in touch. But there's you're kind of pointing this kind of maybe a little bit unhealthy. Um, I, so I teach this uh, class called Christian Moral Life, and part of the class they have to do a 48 hour media fast, uh, so they can make phone calls. Um, they can receive and make phone calls, but they can't text. They can't do social media. They can't surf the web. They can receive work and school emails. But nothing else, no TV, uh, no music in the car, things like that. And they they complain about it. You know, they're like, how can you da da da? But consistently, the reflection papers, they all report. I mean, because I think what we're getting at is like, okay, there's the pornography thing. There's the bad stuff they can find. But what about the opportunity cost of just the the constant scrolling or the constant kind of this is my world and I'm not really investing in like face-to-face conversations? And they all will come back and report reduced anxiety. They all report better sleep. They all report better conversations. They often will talk about, I couldn't believe how often, every, how much everybody else was on their phones. <laughs> like in, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, when you step away, you kind of see that. And, mm-hmm. and they will often, as much as they kind of complained about it initially, they will very often say, I hope to do this again someday. Thank you for making me do this. And, and I think, you know, this kind of maybe for all of us too, we've talked about as a family, it's like maybe, you know, Advent, Lent, which just take a, a 24 hour like check out because it, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I've even talked to students, you know, those five, 10 minutes before class starts, they walk in and very often they're all like, you know, on their phone checking things. And, and, and I, I'll do the same thing. I'm checking, oh, there's an email. I got to get back to it. It's, but what you miss out on are those kind of small talk moments, those, Hey, where are you from? Uh, you know, and then that leads to, Oh yeah, my mom's kind of the hospital. And then you follow up. Oh, oh how's she doing? And, and this is how conversations begin. This is how friendships begin, how relationships begin. And we're kind of missing that, like, you know, the beginning part that's so natural. And, and you know, Trey, you're talking about like knowing where your, your son, you know, sons are and things like that. And, like it's good to know where they are, but there's also, I mean, part of family life 
this is hard, but the band's going to break up. Like the, the, the goal is not just to hug them and hold them forever, but the, whole, the goal is to form them and launch them. And we're all going to a goal together. We're going to Jesus together, going to heaven together. And, and so like us just being together is not the ultimate end. The ultimate end is us journeying toward the ultimate goal, the ultimate end, our Lord Jesus Christ in this life and the next. Mm, amen. Yeah. So that, we used to disconnect. The only thing we had to disconnect to, from when my kids were little were, was the TV and, <laughs> you know, and yeah. And so that's, that was our, you know, the TV would go off and it's like, okay, time to be with the three dimensional people. <laughs> and yeah, little true. did I know. That's such a great line. <laughs> it is such a great line. Little did I know, like, you know, just 10 years down the line, there was going to be, whew, yes, yes. But yeah. my daughter said the same thing. She went to, um, Honduras for, um, yeah, for, she went to Honduras for eight days and they had to have their phones off. And she was like, mom, I don't know what was more life changing, like seeing oh, all these joyful so people beautiful. who didn't have anything. Yeah. Or the fact that you're free. I, was I know. So free. Isn't it amazing? So free. When we were over in um, the Benedictine College has a, our sister schools in Florence, Italy. So instead of having someone live over there full time, they send a different professor and their um, family over to teach for a semester. So you do like the 90 day thing. And Swaf and I went over there with our at the time four kids in um, spring of 2018. And we took, you know, 48 college students with us over there. And um, and that was I mean, we 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 really attribute that. I mean, it was life changing for so many of us. But a lot of the students that went with us were leaders and just really great students. And um, a lot of them had very powerful conversions. Um, but a lot of them attested it to the fact that they they didn't have their phones on them because it was expensive and they didn't need it. And they would travel, they'd go hiking, they'd go out, you know, I and mean, they would do all these things. Um, but I mean, the friendships that were formed, they were like, we all knew, kind of knew of each other, but we didn't really know each other. And we had all this time together and we got to really learn. I mean, one of the, we had three marriages come out of that semester of people that didn't mm. even know each other before they went yeah. over there. I and mean, they were friends, like acquaintances, but I mean, three marriages came out of that. And Swaf and I, one of the things that they reported back to us over and over again was how much they learned by watching Swaf and I interact with the students. Like they didn't really know how to friend, like, how do you befriend, like if you're a college girl, how do you befriend a college guy? You know, if, even if you're not really interested in them, like to date them, but Swaf and I were able to model for them that. And I think it was, it was really beautiful. Swaf and I just uh, finished writing another book together for Ascension. And that was one of the things that we we really prayed about a lot because we have a lot of young adults asking us, like a lot of guys will come up and be like, Sarah, will you give a talk on like how to flirt again? Because like they don't remember how to like, and not that they don't remember, but COVID was interesting with like everything kind of just got super isolated. And if you notice a lot of high school and college students, um, they don't do super well with face-to-face -face or like small talk or they get kind of uncomfortable with it. And it's not that they can't do it. I think it's just uncomfortable for them because they're out of practice or they or they grew up in a time where Snapchat was easier than talking to people. And um, and it's not a knock on, on them. It's just, you know, a lot of them are, they see what, like again, over in Italy, they saw how much fun I would have with the college guys and college girls. They saw how much fun Andy was having with the college guys, college girls. They saw Swaf and I interact with them and you could just see it. It's like, I want that. I want that. How do I get that? And I'm like, well, first we have to put down the phone because if you notice like and but again, like how do you flirt over text? It's very hard. How do you those social cues like Swaf was saying, you know, people when you put your phone down, you see so much more and you you just experience so much more. And um, and so I think it's not again. I love I love Dave Ramsey. You guys, if you guys know Dave Ramsey, you know, yeah. Swaf and I, we took it. We took a financial piece when we were engaged. It was great. Any financial fights we always have. It's like, well, what would Dave say? Right. But um, <laughs> but there's a line in Dave Ramsey where it says, if you don't control your money, it'll control you. And I pick that up and I say, you know, even in my talks, I'm like, if you don't control your emotions, they will control you. And I think it's fair to say if you don't control your phone, it will control you. I think that that's and so, you know, people, how do you navigate it with your kids and all this stuff? And, you know, it's like I, we're not scared of the world, you know, bring it like we, we're in the world, but not of the world. I'm not scared of the world. I want them to learn how to navigate the world, but I want them to be so enthralled with life. That they don't need their phone. Amen. Like I want them to be so yeah. enthralled with what's going on around them that they don't feel like they need it. And the people around them are so fun and so much more interesting that the phone is an option, but I don't want it to be their first option. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not a great no, it's the great yes to, dude, I love these people around me. I love hanging out. Like one of the girls, one of the reflection papers from Andy's class was this girl said, I used to love to draw. And I noticed that 
I, I don't draw anymore. And during the media fast, I picked up drawing again. And it just like sparked this like new, you know, love in my heart for drawing. And I'm like, that is the perfect example of like you had a conversation in a coffee line and you met a new friend all because you didn't put your phone out, you know, and you you started drawing again or like, you know, just like more meaningful walks and getting into nature and just like all these things. It's not that the phone is bad. I just think that we need to make sure it doesn't control us and it's not our first option, if that makes sense. I think that's I mean, that's how I try to approach it, because that that dang thing messes with all of us. I think I mean, it's, it's so much easier to say than to navigate. Because phone, it's a part of our life. But I think the more aware we are, the word is awareness and intentionality and just not letting it lord over us, you know, and, and making sure that Christ is king and relationships are, are you know, strengthened. And, and then the phone fits in somewhere way down the line. Well, so much of our life is instrumentalized. I do this for that end. I do this because I want to. I want to get this major, get this job, get this income. Da da da. And it just everything is is about efficiency, and it's just instrumentalized. And that girl drawing, it's like, well, this is something like for its own sake, just to enter reality for its own sake. Uh, you know, when I have a student comes to me and is like, I'm struggling with my faith. I mean, one of the first things I'll say is, when was the last time you went outside at night and looked up at the stars? When was the last time you kind of rekindled that awe and wonder you had as a child? If every, I, I'm just convinced that busyness, just busyness, the frenetic pace of modern life and the instrument, instrumentalizing of everything just sucks the life. It's like the, the parable of the sower, right? Just the, the cares of the world just choke the growth of the seed, growth, the growth of the word in us. And um, if every quiet moment we have it's just scrolling mindlessly Preach. on the phone. Yes. Like where, yeah. where is that time to sit with my th- myself, my, the, be alone with my thoughts and allow the Lord to kind of step into my life. And I just think that we're just, we're choking, choking, suffocating the growth of the word. And so like the phone thing, we've, we've gone around. I mean, it's, yeah, there's bad stuff, but it's also like, gosh, what, what life am I missing out on either relationships or just with my eyes turned upward to the transcendence, uh, you know, that awe and wonder. I just think that that that's the kind of fertile bastion of faith that'll help it grow. And if we just lose that in modern society more and more, I think we're going to pay the price. We're going to see that, that the, the dwindling of, of our faith and just the sense of life being more than just instrumentalizing these goals so I can make more money and get more prestige and honor, et cetera. I had a come to Jesus moment with Pinterest. I love Pinterest. All the, I don't know, shout out to all my Pinterest <laughs> ladies out there. Um, but I had this moment where um, like everything that Swaf just said, that was really beautiful. And I think mm-hmm. it's just so good. I, I think everybody listening to this can sit back and go, uh-huh. And it's just so hard, you know? And, um, but there, I had a moment with Pinterest and well, I joke, I love Joanna Gaines, Jojo. I, I mean, I, I talk about her like she's my personal friend. <laughs> Never met her before, but she's fantastic. She's to, to all the men. Yeah. She's yeah. very close she's to me right now. Right? I know yeah. I should drop by, <laughs> drop a line. Um, um, but I, I, I share with people that, you know, it's, I, I love her. I love, you know, I just, I think all of us women, you know, we love beauty and order and, you know, all those things are attractive to us as women. And we love home, Susie homemaker over here, you know, we just love all the things, but I, I share that, you know, I had to unfollow Joanna Gaines on Instagram for a while and it wasn't, you know, she, you know, Joe's the greatest. She's just being her sweet self, trying to help us pick out rugs and carpets and we're very, <laughs> you know, curtains and we're just very, I mean, God love her, right? It's not her fault, but I had to unfollow her for a while. Cause I would, I would look at all her stuff and then I would look around my house and it, I would just be like, I think I need to burn it down and start over. Like, what was I thinking? You know what I mean? Like I just, and because it wasn't good enough, therefore I'm not good enough. And I'm sitting here with my phone and feeling worthless all because I'm just scrolling on cute Joanna Gaines's personal home, you know? And it's like, how does this come to this? You know? And, know. and you look at that and then I, that's why my heart goes out to young people. Cause it's, well, us old ladies are looking at knickknacks in our house and these young people are looking at themselves, their life, their relationships there, and they're comparing it to typically airbrushed things that aren't even real. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have such a heart for it, but I think all of us, you know, my love for Pinterest, there was a moment where I, I got really stressed out and I, I went to swap about something. I don't know. I was having one of those moments where it's like, everything's falling apart in my house. You know, I just one of those Pinterest moments. And I was obviously pinning like how to, you know, organize your spice rack or something like that. And um, I'm like a firstborn. I mean, I'm sure that no one's shocked by that right now, but um, you know, but, but I, I, I told Andy, I said, it was really a moment though, where I was like, I don't think Jesus created me to organize my closets. Like, mm-hmm. and it's good to have organized closets. It's good to alphabetize your spices. But there was kind of a moment where it was like, there has to be a, there has to be a break here. There has to be a timeout. There has to be a like, okay, this is all good stuff. But I think that sometimes my phone 
it, it kind of gives me this like, you need this, you need that, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, you should look this way, you should feel this way, you should mm-hmm. do this. I mean, even good things, like sometimes I'll see like, oh shoot, it was that saint's day and I didn't make the, the pretzel bread and like we didn't pray that prayer, you know, and even the good Catholic stuff where you're like, I just dropped the ball again, you know, and the phone sometimes I think is, it's a beautiful thing, but I think sometimes it gives us this idea that we're not doing enough, we're not, mm-hmm. we should be buying oh, these absolutely. things, we should be doing these things. And and like Swaff just said, you know, it there is a... I don't know what the word it is, but it's kind of like cost-benefit analysis at some mm-hmm. point where you have to say, I love this thing, but I, I I have girls that are addicted, guys that are addicted. We tell them, you know, hey, set timers, you know? Mm-hmm. And I had these girls, they definitely were struggling. And I said, you get 30 minutes um, twice a day. And they were like, what do you mean? I'm like, 30 minutes, set your timer. You get 30 minutes before noon and 30 minutes after noon. This was kind of what we mm-hmm. came up with. It was a Lent thing. And, and the girls came back to me and they were just like, Oh my gosh, it's life changing. I was doing research for a talk, and the average, uh, the average adults l- look at their phone eighty nine times a day. The average teen looks at their phone one hundred sixty one times a day, wow. like opens their phone. Yeah, and I was like, no way. And then I like actually kept track one day. I will not tell you the number, but <laughs> keep track, keep track someday. Even if you're just looking for like weather, time. Yes, Think about all everything. the times you you touch your phone. It is unbelievable because I was like, that ain't right. And I was like, that ain't. And then I like, I was like, okay, science beats me. You know what I mean? So, but, but these girls reported back to me, similar to Swaff. They were like, I actually enjoy my phone more because I don't just go to it as a constant distraction. Mm -hmm. And when they go to their phone for their 30 minutes, she's like, I don't get lost on this like rabbit trail of ex-boyfriends. Like I go on there and I'm going for a purpose. I actually think about what I want to look at. I think about what I want to do, who I want to communicate with. It's intentional. Mm -hmm. All because Mm -hmm. there was a little time time limit put on Mm -hmm. it, which I think Mm -hmm. is pretty beautiful. Uh, I thought that was really, it's a, there's a message deep in there for all of us. I think Um, it's just what are our, you know, um, I, I just took this class and they said that, Pre-1950, they talked about things as your priority. What is your priority? Post-1950, it was what What are your priorities? It became plural. Oh. And now, I mean, shoot, I think all of us would say, well, my priorities are, it's plural. And I think that I, I, this woman was giving this phenomenal talk about what is your priority? And it was just, it really kind of stopped me in my tracks. I was, no is a complete sentence. And what is your priority? <laughs> were the two things I took from that talk. I was like, whoa, dang, I go pray wow, with those two. Wow, but yeah, like wow. if Christ is our priority, then why does social media get more time than my prayer life? Mm. That's just not, that cannot be right. Mm-hmm. And that puts a huge check, I think, on all of us. Because I'm pretty sure I spend more time on Instagram than I do in prayer mm-hmm. most days. Mm-hmm. Or not just Instagram, but just like on my phone. On your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's I a check agree. for all of us. And, I, and again, bold word, very difficult to live out. But I think it's just something where Jesus, I think Jesus wants us to sit with these really tough questions mm-hmm. and, and, and again, give our hearts to him and make him our priority. Right. Uh, right. Singular. I think that's a great challenge because I think until that, you know, tally mark of how many times you've opened your phone stares you in the face, right. I think we can think, oh yeah, it's, it's not that bad. Not that bad. Yeah. Well, and I'm not as bad as everyone else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like we always joke that, yeah, like people look at it, put the bar on the floor and jump over it, you know, yeah. hey, I'm doing all right. Uh, well, I know we're kind of getting down to the wire here. We have about six minutes left. Um, are there any um, kind of tricks that you guys, I mean, you know, I know everybody kind of talks about putting the phone in the basket or, you know, kids plugging their phones at, you know, downstairs at night. Or I know I've heard some really fun college things that, you know, they all put their phones in the middle and the first person that goes to their phone has to buy dinner. And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yep. Yep. those are two that I love. Yeah, absolutely. those kind of things. But um, yeah, is I, there, is I, there... I think that I mean, go ahead, Swaf. I would I, I'll defer to you. I mean. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the number one thing is everything we're talking about is is just so good. But putting it into practice is very, very difficult. Yeah. And I, don't, I mean, I don't want any listener to think that they're like, oh, well, easy enough for you all. Because like this is the battle for no, everyone. It is. For sure. yeah, I mean, we're in the it's middle of true. fantasy football season, right? Yeah. So I know. Yeah. Know what I have my is. own fantasy football. Yeah. My seven-year-old's like, mom, can I please see your phone? I'm like, why do you need my phone again? And I'm like, oh, it's fantasy football season. That's why you need my phone. My seven-year-old. My goodness. I think you nailed it, you all. I mean, I think the word is intentional. As you were talking. Sarah, I mean, it reminds me, we mentioned Dave Ramsey already, but the, his whole notion of blow money. And, the, and the, the point is you're going to blow some money. So you better, you might as well just allocate how much you're going to blow, right? <laughs> yeah. So you're going to yeah. blow some time on that phone. So y- you probably blow less if you simply say, I'm going to spend this amount of time on the phone and keep it to that. I, I think the other thing we've all been saying to the whole like news, news and sports. And like we, we, we have this, because we're so connected, we think we need to know everything. It's like, you know, we really don't. I mean, if it's if it's that big of a deal, you're gonna find out. And there's lots of studies that say your stress level, your anxiety level actually goes down 
if you don't check in as all, I mean, like these, these news things, we all know this. I mean, they want us to be afraid and angry. So we mm-hmm. tune in for more, right? One of our girlfriends, <laughs> one of my girlfriends, uh, Jackie Francois Angel calls it fear porn. And oh, like yeah, the yeah, addiction of fear before, porn, yeah. I like, I've, yeah, it's like a saying, but I had never heard that. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so true. And I think about a lot of people like empty nesters or like the parents, you know, and they don't have, they, they feel the, you don't want to be alone with your thoughts. So you have the news on all the time or you have like, you know, even if it's good stuff like EWTN on all the time, but there's definitely like this sense of like, I do not want to be alone with my thoughts. And I think that like you were just saying intentionality of like really choosing what we're watching. You know what I mean? I think sometimes it's so easy to be mindless about what I'm letting in. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's really affecting you and you didn't even realize it. So, I mean, again, if we as adults struggle with this, how much more, you know, gosh, Jason Everett's so funny. He's like, you know, how much more do these amazing, you know, teenagers who don't even have the whole frontal lobe developed yet? You know I mean? Like that's, it's true though. There's that kind of that, that 12 to, you know, I think it's 22 is where your, your brain is actually developing. Might be closer to 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Depends on who you are, right? Um, But again, like science just says, like if we're all mature adults and we're all, I mean, I think all four of us are sitting here saying like, dude, that phone beats me up sometimes. Or like, I feel like, you know, I feel like it has a control over me that I don't always want. How much more so people like younger generation who don't have the same, you know, they don't have the same, like, I know what's good for me. And this is, I don't want to, you know, like comfort isn't the king in my life. It's like, well, I think for most high schoolers, comfort is king. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know many of them that are like, I love putting myself out there and sacrificing. And you know what I mean? Like I, that was not me in high school. I mean, it was all about me. And I think it's just kind of looking at that generation and going, I, again, this is the guinea pig generation. And I think that we need to fight, you know, tooth and nail for these young people, because I am afraid that there might be kind of this like 20 years from now looking back and being like, well, maybe that wasn't a good idea. So I think, I think we all need to prayerfully say like, how are we going to fight this battle for them? All this fully developed frontal lobe people, you know, even though we're struggling with it, I think we need to fight this battle for them. Yeah. No, I, uh, I was just, as you were, as you were talking, I've already lost my train of thought. See, I've probably been on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Your phone's not telling you what to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think we could talk about this for six hours. Thanks for letting us chat oh about it. Gosh. It's super fun. Thank and y'all for being here. It's and, good to know we're not and, alone. Yes. I, think, I think everybody knows we're all not alone anymore. So, That's yeah. right. Well, I know what I was going to say is, you know, pick something, one thing, yeah. and, and, and don't pick a big bite, pick a small bite. You totally. know, let's say like, th- and do and do that. Yep. Amen. I mean, I, I think that that's the way you, because this is overwhelming, yep. you know, if you really are thinking about it, it's overwhelming. Yep. So for all of us and for, for the people who are listening, I would just say, pick one thing. I yep. mean, something Small. you do for 15 minutes. I mean, everybody's going to put it down and we're going to actually sit around on the couch and talk for 15 minutes. Yep. Can you do that? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and then see how that goes. But, but don't not do something because it's so overwhelming. This is too much. Yeah. Do one Don't thing. let it defeat you. Yeah, right. yeah absolutely. Thing. Let it encourage you. Yeah. So. Yes. Amen. Amen. So my verse today, our memory verse for today is from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. And the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees Man looks on the outward appearance, but the the Lord looks on the heart. And so I think that that's really all we we always talk about. We want our children's hearts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's what we're fighting this fight for. Amen. And that's what we're trying to be intentional about with our purposeful parenting. So just remember, God can ta- help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he always does. Always. Thanks, Waps. Thank you so much. Uh, thank <laughs> you. God bless. You. <laughs> the cross